Hi guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm here today with Alexa Curtis, an entrepreneur, former Radio Disney host, and the founder of Be Fearless, Inc. Be Fearless is a summit reinvented career fair that helps young professionals stay fearless. It's coming soon to a town near you. She's also the founder of the Be Fearless Summit and the new unfiltered podcast where she helps you become fearless and better your mental health. Alexa, thank you so much for being here and I hope you guys enjoy today's show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so inspired by you as well. Oh, well, it's an honor to have you here. But before we get into it, why don't you give us a little rundown of who you are and what you do? Yes. So I started a blog back in 2011 called A Life in the Fashion Lane. And over the past 10 years, I just turned 25, have built it out into this full-time lifestyle. Yeah, thanks. I have built it out into this full-time lifestyle platform. And through that, had a successful podcast that helped me land a show on Radio Disney. And then I left Disney to pursue this college summit program called the Be Fearless Summit. Totally. So I want to start a little bit from the beginning and get into how you started your blog. And then we can work our way up. But tell us about the blog first. Yeah, so I grew up in a super small town, uh, originally uh, from the super small part of Connecticut called Mansfield. And I know you're in New York. So if you're familiar with Connecticut, you're probably familiar with the other side of it. Uh, but I grew up there and I never fit in and super traditional upbringing. And when I was seven, my father was wrongfully convicted and put in prison in Rhode Island. And the year wow. that he got out is actually the year that I started it. So just think classic small town, a lot of like very traditional kids. Uh, and I kind of came along with this idea. And so I was really struggling at that time with finding myself, but also with bullying and just making friends because I always really knew I was different. And so the blog really became this outlet for me to help become confident and happy. It took a long time, but it was really an outlet for me as I was going through so many things that young people go through. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about handling those stresses and handling the struggles that came with being that young and doing something so cool or even being different. Yeah. I mean, at that time, and I would even say between like 12 to 18, it wasn't something that I felt confident in. I don't know that I handled it really well besides pursuing the business element of this website and then going through the process of getting the Disney show and whatnot. And so looking back, I mean, for me, it was just an outlet. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. at the time was giving me friends or making me connections. And so it was like my form of therapy, but yeah. I really think that because I was able to become so infatuated and obsessed with something like this hobby that I had, it helped distract me from not only what I was going through with my family, but quite frankly, what I was going through with school mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything that someone young goes through. Yeah. If you could go back and tell her something, what would you say to that girl? Oh gosh, so many things. Uh, go for it. We want to hear them. I know. I don't want to think of something cliche though. Like you're going to be I know. okay. I know. I know. Uh, what would I have told her? Give me a second. We can always come back to this question. Yeah. Later. The other thing that people always say are like, you know, uh, everyone will end up working at Starbucks, like just pursue your path. You'll be the one that who does that. And I was like, that's great to know. But I remember being like 12 and being like, well, if they all work at Starbucks, I want to work at Starbucks. I don't want to be the weird <laughs> girl. I think I would just yeah. say to myself to 
probably honestly not have moved out at such a young age, number one, because financially that was a huge struggle for me. But I think I would have said to start my own group, I had tried to bring that to, I remember the counselor, whoever kind of approves those decisions in my school and they did not approve it. And I wanted to start a fashion club and that initial rejection for me, I gave up very easily and I just kind of continued on the website. But looking back, I wish I had found somewhere else to pursue that because it's frustrating. They had rejected that idea and that set yeah. me back. So I probably would have created some type of group of people like myself at a y YMCA or something like that, even though my school didn't want it. What do you think was the biggest lesson you took from that struggle of your dad going to prison and it, or him being wrongfully convicted? You have to turn your trauma into something. I mean, if that hadn't happened, I don't know that I would be doing what I've built my life into. Mm -hmm. And though I would never wish any form of trauma or pain or suffering onto anyone in any capacity, I think that a lot of people all have their own struggles and it would have been so easy for me to go down a completely opposite path. And it's just quite remarkable when I forget sometimes and I take a step back and I'm like the things that I saw and that I witnessed would have set me up to do the opposite of what I've done. And yet somehow I didn't go down that path. And it wasn't like I had someone telling me to do this or funding these ideas. I mean, I really grew up quite frankly alone because my mom had to work so wow. much. So that's what wow. I say to anyone. Wow. I mean, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, first of all. But I think that message is really powerful. It's like we all we all kind of put on a front and we all kind of we act in our lives, you know, and everything may seem perfect and glamorous and great and gorgeous, but it's I don't think it's that way for anybody. There is yeah. always something more. Exactly. And that's the downside of social media as you see everyone that you follow and celebrities and influencers and they post that and a lot of times they don't post the reality of it and so that's kind of something that I try and do is show that 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 it is just a highlight reel it is just a highlight reel <clears throat> what advice would you give to someone who's really struggling with their mental health right now I know that's a big question but yeah get offline the scrolling certainly doesn't help and then if you are ready to reach out for help. A lot of times when I face those moments and those weeks and those months, I have realized that I've had to take it into my own hands. And especially as I've gotten older and I live alone, yeah. like there's always going to show up at my door if I can't get out of bed. So I think it's a maintenance thing. And when you can overcome that first initial finding a therapist or going on medication, whatever it is, is when you start to realize that the moments where it's really bad, they start to slowly become a little bit easier because you feel less alone. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson you learned about yourself as you navigated through the mental health aspect of also your family and doing what you wanted to do? That's a good question. I have this innate ability to bounce back on my own and I don't know what it is, but I have been able to pull myself out of some really deep stuff and it's just quite remarkable and so recently I've started to read a lot more like I never really used to read maybe one book a year and I've slowly started to read a lot more and because of the reading I think I've been able to keep myself a lot more present and yeah. be a lot more myself than I think I've been for the oh. past eight nine years uh and so I think I would certainly say that there is an innate strength that you have that it's cool. Cause I don't know that everyone has that. 
Yeah. What's your favorite book? Okay. So right now I'm reading two. It's the first one is called how to stop worrying and start living by Dale Carnegie. And it's amazing. I, you know, that book. Yeah. Oh my, the fact you're in high school and you know, that book is so (laughs) effing cool. So that book, everyone needs to read. And then this book, so Mm -hmm. it showed up on my board stuff and it's called, I will teach you to be rich. And it's by uh, Ramit something. I'm like looking at it on my bookshelf over there. And they're two totally opposite books, but literally this is the only money book that I think anyone should read. So the sooner you can get started, the better. And it's so easy to read and it makes so much sense and everyone needs to read it. I started listening to it on Audible and then the subscription got canceled. So yes! like, oh my God. <laughs> it's but great. It's a really good book. There's so mm-hmm. many books like that. And I think reading those two books in tandem yeah. is really great because it really teaches you that you can't like... You ha- yes, you want to be successful and you want all these things, but worrying isn't going to help you get there, no, you know? No, exactly. Uh, and so that's a cool book because a lot of times people, again, will say like, don't worry, don't have anxiety. Like what's anxiety? And I don't know, there's a thing about that book that just really stands out to me. And I think it's because it's written by someone so old and so iconic. And so the <clears> story, <throat> I'm not reading it, looking at like, for example, it would be way different if it was like a book of memoirs of Kendall Jenner and Haley Bieber and how they've gotten out of their anxieties. Like, I mean, that would be great, but it's a book that really has real successful old people who are, a lot of them are dead. And wow. the stories of that, the trials and tribulations I find really inspiring. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yes. I, you should read, I'm just looking at the books on my, on more, but you should read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if you've read it. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. And I know people have said I should read it. So you I should, should read it. Read it. De- <laughs> Definitely very, very impactful. And yeah. oh, The Magic of Thinking Big. You really, you should read that. Okay. I've heard of that too, but I don't, who's it by? Uh, David J. Schwartz. I can send it to you. I'll send them to you. Sweet. That'd be awesome. That's great that you know so many because it really, reading is just phenomenal. It is. And it's so, it, it, the way these people say it, and I think getting a whole bunch of different perspectives and seeing everybody's point of view, something will resonate, you know, some, you'll find comfort in something. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what turning to your be fearless summit, what was your journey in starting that? I was getting asked to speak at a lot of different conferences. Now keep in mind, I had changed the website to no longer be about fashion. So it was a hundred percent about being unfiltered and a little bit leaning more towards entrepreneurship as I started to realize that that's what I was an entrepreneur. So I was going to all these conferences and I was walking away from them, not feeling like anything ever really resonated with with me at that age. So I just decided like I've interviewed so many big names and so many celebrities and so many entrepreneurs, I'm just going to call them all up and they're going to show up and everyone's going to come and I'll do it once. And that's awesome. And it just ended up being a snowball effect. I mean, I was rejected for a year. So when I actually got Drexel to say yes, I was kind of like, really? You want it? I was like, okay. Uh, and so I had never put together an, an event. I had never worked with a college. Like I literally can't even, I was as blind as you could be in the sense of knowing how to do any of it. And somehow I, I have no idea how I did it because I didn't know anything. And so I learned a lot from that one. And then after that, I mean, the response was just so strong that I was like, if I can do these and start making money off of them. So we did five through college and then ended up recently getting our two biggest paid partnerships with universities. That's so great. And 
What do you think? I know a lot of people want to reach out to these high profile individuals and high, you know, these industry leaders, as you put it, right? So what have you learned about how to do that and how to reach out to these people? That is something I've perfected. And at at the time when I was starting the podcast. So number one, the first thing is, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me to do interviews. And I mean, I'm no like Sarah Hardin from Hello Sunshine or Sarah Blakely yet, but I will say that on the side of receiving the pitches, if you've never put out an episode, I mean, don't expect like the biggest people to want to be on your podcast. And when I was doing the pitching, I also realized that too. So I was yeah. able to really create this not only cult following of my podcast for quite a while, but I was having a lot of successful people on it that weren't necessarily household names, but local people or people from where I was. And so that helped a lot. And then I was able to kind of make a media kit and a one sheet in theory where I could start sending out to the bigger people and realize that I figured out what they were looking for. And it was just a track record of people who had been on it and authenticity and following up. That's great. So I want to talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome, because I know um, your Instagram and your podcast, is, you know, you talk about mental health. So what were some ways that you dealt with imposter syndrome? Because I think that's a really difficult thing to overcome. Someone said to me the other day, every single person, man or woman has imposter syndrome. And I yes. ended up posting a video because he said, where do you think the term fake it to make it comes from? And imposter syndrome, I mean, that's really the simplest way to put it is that I think every person in theory probably would because there will always be someone out there who you want to aspire to be, who is probably ahead of you. And because of that, a lot of people will never feel like they're doing enough or it's going fast enough. And so I think that the imposter syndrome for me has been able to be reduced with the less scrolling that I do, mm-hmm. the more following that I do if I feel insecure by someone. Uh, and also just reading those books has really grounded me. And like I kind of just said, the thing about imposter syndrome is it's like this, it's like you're on a hamster wheel sometimes. Yeah. You can't keep up with other people's success if it's not happening fast enough for you. And so you have to remind yourself why you started and that I genuinely do think that the world whoever's up there I'm not really religious but has a plan for everyone and your time will come yeah my mom used to have a post-it on the wall that said God has a plan and it stayed up there we moved and we moved back and it stayed up there till we got back like it stayed there and I was like "Hmm, that's interesting and maybe it's not God maybe it's the universe or whoever you believe in but somebody's got a plan (laughs) that's a great way to look at it Yeah. All right. So you talked about not wanting to bring your work home. And I totally understand you on that. Like the I saw it was your Instagram, I think. But I feel like sometimes we we tend to bond over stress and we tend to bond over our problems. But that's very negative. Right. So how have you been able to find the balance of doing both to really connect with people? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has come with age. And I mean, I look back and I remember just so many times, oh my gosh, just so much anxiety and stress and the whole hustle culture and never feeling like I could slow down, but like nothing was happening fast enough. And when it would happen, I didn't feel proud of it. Like I wanted something more. Right. And so uh, getting older, my priorities have certainly shifted, which is kind of crazy. 
And I realized that you really can do both, but you really have to be more honest with yourself about if you want to go out to something and if you don't and how much are you willing to sacrifice if you want to hit a certain level of success, but you also don't have to sacrifice probably the things you think that you need to sacrifice in order to get it. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it just comes down with time management and honesty to yourself. I don't necessarily think that you can't have a healthy relationship with someone if you're a businesswoman because you work too many hours. It's like, if you want it, you can have it, but you need to work less hours, but just use the hours you're working in a better way. Time management. Yeah. <laughs> All about yeah. time management. Yeah. How did your priorities change as, as you got older? And what did they become? Yeah, I, I don't know how they changed. I will say that when I turned 25, I literally just felt, I don't know, this like wave of almost like slowing down and living in the moment and enjoying the work that I do, not necessarily to make money, but actually because I really want to enjoy it. And I do enjoy it, but also you have to make a living too. But I look back and I think a lot of the relationships I put myself through with guys I did because I wasn't probably ready to date. I was looking for more someone to maybe fill my ego or make me feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And I think the age part is goes one in one with confidence. The more yeah. experiences you have, the more confident you become. So I would say my priorities shifted with just that and like wanting to be in a relationship, but being fine, being alone. Uh, and then I think also, I don't know, it's, it's weird as you get older, it feels very weird because people will still tell you you're very young, but in the back of your mind, I put like in five years, I'm going to be 30. And like, I mean, like, and it's also, it's just weird. Cause it's like, all this stuff is going to happen. And I don't know. I think that's the cool part about being successful and becoming successful is just that it can happen in so many different ways. And you just always are expecting something new. And you had to be fearless to get there. You had to be undaunted, <laughs> right? So what advice would you give to, what advice would you give to be fearless? Do it slowly. You don't need to be jumping out of airplanes to be fearless. You can start a podcast and start reaching out to someone, right? You can make a media kit. You can go to one networking event. And I think if you can always just have a takeaway from it. Yep go to a networking event and you hate it and it's so scary okay so now you know that you don't really like to network and no one likes to network but what about if you can start reaching out to people and get a lot of responses online so yeah. I think there's so many ways to go about it and it really quite frankly is doing something every single day that makes you feel uncomfortable yeah and keep learning right like I think we're we're shot down so many times and it's like well this happened this didn't go my way this didn't go my way and my attitude toward it all is like all right well at least next time now I know now I know yeah. I just keep saying to myself when those things happen at least now I know at least I'll remember right so you keep learning exactly exactly keep learning and just don't let yourself get hung up on the rejection yeah yes so coming back to that first question that I had asked you, what is something that you would tell that younger self or your younger self? <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I said three things and now I can't remember. Uh, oh no. Ah. Um, what I would tell my younger self. I'm trying to still not say the boring stuff. Oh, it's to start. I would have said to start the 
I would say to my younger self to start a group in my small town that still made me feel confident and made me friends because my school people didn't let me do it in school. So I wish I hadn't given up on that. And I think that would have helped me feel confident because I didn't for so many years because I didn't have that group of friends. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's also very important support. I think we neglect how important and how critical that is in life. A hundred percent. Um, a couple more questions. I, these are going to be a little tough, so I'm going to give you a couple minutes. Okay. What is, what's the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received is a big executive in LA before I got my Disney show and I was pitching him another show. And he said, unless you can get a celebrity to support this idea, you will never be successful in any future career things that you decide to embark on. That, yes. Well, we know that that is not true. (laughs) But what is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received, oh gosh, so many, uh, is always have a contract in business. Even the smallest thing, always have a contract. And uh, I don't know if someone gave me this advice or I came up with this in my head through so much stuff, but if something doesn't work out, something better always comes along. And I have proven that to myself and it's always right. Even if someone tells me that, so always believe that. I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you're comfortable with talking about this because, but it's just, I have a community of, you know, young girls, um, sure. but what are your sources of income? So, oh my gosh, I thought you were going to ask me something way worse. I'm literally an open book. So I make money through a lot of different ways. So number one is like the college summit program. So we have sponsors in the college and they pay us. I make money through, I don't do as much anymore with the podcasting and the website, but I'll do a sponsored Instagram post or a reel or TikTok or a blog post. And then through Grasshopper now. So we obviously sell memberships and our summits and a lot of other things like that. So that's how that company is building and scaling. And I'll do a lot of just like one-off social media deals or like I said, podcast ads. I mean, sometimes I'll get emails from like, there's one in particular I can think of, uh, I think it was like two years ago or three years ago, I got an email from a really big car company and they wanted to interview like bloggers and they came to my house and we negotiated out this massive deal for me to be like four hours. And it was so weird because you weren't allowed to post anything about it. You could never actually say like I signed a whole NDA, the car name of the company or anything. Wow. <laughs> a lot of like really random stuff happened like that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, What's the best and worst money mistake you've ever made? The worst money mistake I ever made was when I moved out and went to Boston. And I was really struggling to build the website up and make money. And I was doing it by these TV segments and whatnot. And I took out so many credit cards and all of these airline credit cards. And... I don't even know how I got approved for them because I was so young, but I took them out all in my name and I never used the points. I never got the points, but I just got into so much debt and realized I think age 20 that I was in a lot of debt and I was just like sitting there. So definitely if you're taking out credit cards, use them in the way that actually makes it so that they're basically paying you. So I would say that. And then uh, the best, Thing that I ever learned was I love a lot of these apps like Acorns. Yes. And I've 
to be really valuable for me as I continue to pay off that debt. And I will always have that rainy day savings. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And my mom always taught me that. So that's been really helpful. That's great. That's great. Uh, One more question I have for you. What is your mantra? What's something you live by? Besides be fearless. (laughs) That's, that's my number one. That's That's my number one mantra is I think be honest with yourself and I I, uh, as I've gotten older I've really honed into that because I would do things a lot in the past because it would make someone else happy yeah and I just no longer do that you really don't have enough years on this planet to waste your time really caring what other people think or I mean always care how other people feel but you don't need to think that if your decision impacts someone else that's on them yeah. And yes, you of course care about how people feel, but you don't have to care about what people think. There's no. a difference. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Alexa, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So why don't you just give us, you know, shout out anything that you want to shout out? And yeah. Yes. Well, if you want to follow me or, or my Instagrams, Alexa underscore Curtis. That is so great. Thank you so much, Alexa. Of course. Alexa, thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting with us today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed the conversation itself. Uh, Don't forget to follow Alexa on her Instagram. Her Instagram is at Alexa underscore Curtis. Wait, let me make sure that that's correct. Yes. Yes. And don't forget to check out her podcast. It is the new unfiltered podcast. And don't forget to check out Be Fearless as well. Um, Your it's just a must. You it's a must keep up. So just keep up. <laughs> I will see you all next week for another episode. And I hope you're all doing well. Bye.